What is up, everybody? Here we are again. Here you are again. Here I am, wherever I'm at. This is the podcast for the universe. Everybody knows about it because you guys are listening to it and you have subscribed and we appreciate all of that love and all of that support. Remember, energyislovepodcast.com. Find all the episodes, all the links where you can download and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, anywhere podcasts are available. You can find the podcast for the universe, the Energy is Love podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by one of our wonderful sponsors, Crystal Water Float Spa has been sponsoring the podcast since its inception. You can go online to crystalwaterfloat.com or you can go to their Facebook page, Crystal Water Float Spa. They're located out in Tooele, Utah, and they have the best experience when it comes to floating. So if you live in the area, by all means, come out and hop in a tank. One of the wonderful things about Crystal Water Float Spa is they have the amazing Dream Pods. Go to dream-pod.com, learn all about the Dream Pod, the type of experience you can expect when you float in a dream pod. Absolutely wonderful and amazing. And Crystal Water Float Spa is the nation's only distributor of the dream pod. So when you're ready to purchase your tanks and get your center up and running, contact Crystal Water Float Spa today and they can hook you up with your dream pods, get you all squared away and all set up and ready to go. Crystalwaterfloat.com or go to dream-pod.com to learn more about the amazing dream pod flotation tank. This episode you guys are about to listen to was recorded live at the Law of Attraction Summit, which was held earlier this month. The Law of Attraction Summit is put on by Quantum NLP. You can go to quantumnlp.net and learn more about them and what they do. The driving force behind Quantum NLP and the Law of Attraction Summit is Christiana Turner. You guys heard her on an earlier episode of the podcast. She was gracious enough to let us come out and record and share some of the experiences that people had at the summit so we got to chat with and talk to and interview a bunch of different people while we were there, and it was a wonderful experience. And this is a conglomeration of all of those interviews wrapped up into one beautiful episode. So go to quantumnlp.net. You can also find them on Facebook. The Law of Attraction Club does quite a few things monthly. So if you're drawn to the whole concept and idea of the Law of Attraction, they're going to be a great resource and a great place for you to find more information. We'll have all the links to where you can find that information in the show notes, so please go check them out. And now sit back and relax. Push play and turn up the volume and enjoy this wonderful episode with so many wonderful people from the Law of Attraction Summit. Here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love Podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love Podcast. What's up, everybody? So as you know, we are at the Law of Attraction Summit in Sandy, Utah today. It's uh, November 5th. And I've got, it's a Dietrich. Is that how you pronounce your like? D- Dietrich. Dietrich? Yes. Dietrich. Hey, so thank you very much, man, for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank and you. And you're speaking later on at the uh, conference, right? Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely at one o'clock. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I've seen you at events and different things like that all over the place but i've never actually got a chance to meet you and everything so i i, I appreciate you uh giving me this opportunity <laughs> so give us a rundown <laughs> I, i'm a healer i um i do readings i do energy work uh chakra clearing uh, charging balancing um I, I love these uh these events because they get i get the opportunity to meet so many different people meet all my peers and uh, have to have the opportunity to uh 
reach out and, and share what comes through me and, and the information that I receive and, you know, just have the opportunity to mix and mingle with everybody. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. What are you planning on speaking on later today? I'm speaking about mastering your relationship with energy. I'm giving five steps to uh, assist a person that they can apply each and every day to bring themselves more and aware of the energy that they're calling forth, as well as the offering that they're giving out. So like there's instant manifestations that's happening within the body, within the mind that a person can pay attention to and use that as a barometer to adjust anything that they need. I adjust the energy that they're giving out in order to call forth what they really want to attract in their experience. So you want to give us a sneak peek, maybe give us one of the five uh, things that you're going to go over. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the most beautiful things I feel is, is the breath because the breath is natural. Like you're not taught how to breathe. You just are born here to breathe. And when you, um, come into your breath, you are, uh, allowing the vitality to flow through your body. And not only that, you, can center yourself rooted in the moment because the moment is where all change happen and, and most people who want change they go into the, their mind into the the future yeah. into the past and then they compare and you know and the mind is it works beautiful so many it, it goes in so many beautiful directions it works in so many beautiful ways that you can leave the moment leave out of the moment where you have your most power in the moment. So when you root yourself in the breath, you stay present to the moment and you allow yourself to be aware within the moment to see, to have more clarity of the things that are unfolding because there's so many beautiful gifts that are unfolding in each moment, no matter what moment it is in, even in the most horrific moment, even in the moments that um, are very fearful. If you go into your breath, connect with your, your inner being, you have guidance that is coming through you that will guide you, navigate you through no matter what experience is happening. So the breath roots you in your moment. And that is the first one. That's the first step. That's a good step, man. Yeah. That's a good, good one. So so the steps are uh, breath, awareness, connection, surrender, and manifestation. Those are the five steps. And I'll be teaching those at 1 o'clock. So. Excellent. Give me a little bit of an idea of... Because uh, I always find it interesting to learn a little bit about people and their journey and their experience. Because I've met a handful of people doing the podcast who kind of were brought up and born and raised in the in the realm of spirituality right. and all these kind of teachings and stuff like that. But for the most part, people come to it much later in life. Right. What was it like for you? Uh, my my grandparents were uh, very religious, very beautiful people, very powerful um, Baptist Christian. I was brought up in, you know, believing in the Bible, reading the Bible, going to church six to seven, almost seven days a week, you know, <laughs> um, which gave me a, a beautiful awareness. It helped me to expand uh, my mind. It helped me to question also because they believed wholeheartedly in that. And they were like, no, this is the word and this is what you need to do. And you want to be saved. And, you know, this is what has to happen in order for you to be saved. And and. You know, I I believed in that so wholeheartedly for many years. And then I had an awakening. Um, I just felt that there was too many rules with that crushing, uh, the crushing idea that I'm being judged for this and I'm being judged for that. And what is the right thing to do? But how do I learn? Because life is the best teacher. Life is the only thing that can expand a person's experience. And when you experience life, even if some say it's a mistake, you're not supposed to feel bad about the mistakes. You're supposed to honor the mistakes and learn from them, get the information, and then move in a different direction. So the honor wasn't there. I love the spirituality and the connection of what God is and what is taught from Jesus. And, you know, I honor that whole um, ideology. Mm -hmm. 
but it's the spiritual connection that really awakened me. Um, Did you have some sort of like, because sometimes people will have like a near-death experience or something incredibly tragic happened to them, or was it more or less just kind of a progression towards these things? It was a a progression toward those things, but I had uh, very, uh, my mother uh, and my father were young, like 15, 16-year-old young, you know. So I was brought up in... uh, I was I grew up with my mother, you know, and my father, he was there, but he wasn't there. So I had the opportunity to go through the hard contrast of those kind of experiences that would really break a a child down, seeing things that probably a child shouldn't have seen at those ages at that age. But it was beautiful because I always had my guides like I have my guide is called Aura and I express Aura. Aura is is a consciousness. It is an symbol of consciousness, like a team that I have, you know. Uh, that I connect with, and I've had aura since I was small, and I used to hear aura, you know, speak to me, and and I, I used to experience those kind of metaphysical experiences when I was young, you know, and aura would walk me through those metaphysical experiences and my human experience, that the pain that I felt, and and I would always get on that side. Besides my grandmother, my grandparents, they were very present in my experience, but my guides were always present and it was always, you know, there's something greater for you. There's something greater for you. And I always felt that inner love coming from like, you know, I, I wanted it on the outside. You know, I wanted it. I wanted it to be, oh, you know, like a child say, you know, I just want the love <laughs> of my mom and the love, you know, but I had this inner love and it was like, so I would feel it on the outside. And I was like, this is what I was feeling from specific people who were living their experience who I can't, um, I can't fault them for their growth and their expansion. At that time, I maybe did, but as I grew up, I started to see from a broader sense of my spirit instead of from the surface of my mind, which was, you know, it's misleading, but the, the soul is not misleading, the spirit, the inner, the heart, you know. So I started to see it from there, so I started to understand specifically what that was about, and my guides helped me to, to get there and been with me ever since. So <laughs> I've only, I've come out like, um, it's about, about four years ago. Four years ago is when I went public and I started to share this with everybody. And, you know, so it's just been expanding and expanding. And I'm really excited. I'm writing a book also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So, you know, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. That's awesome. Yeah, life is a beautiful thing. Life is definitely a beautiful thing. Most definitely. What's the easiest way for people to kind of find you if they want to reach out? And You can go to uh, DietrichHay.com, www.DietrichDetrichHay.com. Dot com, or you can look me up on Facebook, Demon Love Art on Facebook, and you know, or Dietrich Hay also on Facebook. So I have two my personal and my public uh, Facebook page. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate Most it. I'm also, excited. I'm sorry, Instagram and <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, all of them are Dietrich Hay. So you can find me anywhere and you'll. You'll see purple because purple is, is a color, you know. That's a good color. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate Most it. Most definitely. I appreciate you. Well, Christiana, here we are. Finally, the big day, Law of Attraction Summit. I have a question for you, and I don't know if we, I don't know if I know it. I don't know if we've ever hit on it before, but when did you first come up with this whole idea, or how long have you been doing the summit? 
This is our third time this year. Thank you so much for being here, by the way, and doing your podcast live from our event today. Mm, Super thank you special. for the opportunity. You are so welcome, and we're lucky to have you guys here. Thank you, Craig and Stephanie, for joining us today. <laughs> this is our third year officially, and of course, we're growing. So this is like twice as big as it was last year, which was about twice as big as it was the year before. And the, the first time we did it was just essentially a free seminar where I had a couple of sponsors who supported me. And then it was a wonderful turnout and people said, okay, are you going to do it again? And that's how a lot of stuff happens in my life. It seems like I do an event and then people say, let's do more of it. <laughs> like and, and that's how the club was uh, founded two, 10 years ago. It was just a workshop. People wanted to have a reunion. At that party, the request was made, can we please meet more often? And so I take that very seriously because every time we can bring the community together, of course, we're raising the vibration. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We got a bunch of people coming through now, so we got to have you scoot up just a little bit closer for me. Cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because we're going to talk more a little bit about the event, and it seems like it's going really, really well. We've got a good turnout. We've already chatted with a bunch of people for the podcast. But tell me about your trip to Germany, because I saw that. How did that go? Was that fun? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was everything I would have hoped and expected for. It was so beautiful. I had a wonderful connection with my family. I got to do a lot of hiking. The weather was phenomenal. They had a beautiful Indian summer. So I had like 75, 80 degrees every day, and I got a lot of hiking in. Did my spiritual quest as I had planned on, and I took my first steps on the El Camino. So I'm a very happy camper right now. That's super cool. Yeah. How long was it? How long were you over there? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. That's a good long time. That's a good long time. And I need that because, yeah, two weeks is not enough usually, I find. I'm like, oh, I'm still homesick. I need a little <laughs> more fix here. <laughs> yeah. And I know you're speaking later today. Mm -hmm. Can you give everybody listening to the podcast or when they will be listening to the podcast kind of a sneak peek of what you're going to be talking about at the summit today? Okay, so our sneak peek for what I'm going to be talking about today is all about how do you get yourself ready for the holidays and really stay in that high vibration. Because for most people, the holidays are also associated with a lot of stress because of all the obligations they have. It's a very busy time. There are so many things, financial stress for people too. So what can we do to stay in that high vibration? And ultimately, my message that I'm going to be sharing today is surround yourself with the kind of things that keep you in a high vibration, that easily get your vibration up. Beautiful pictures, statues, fountains, having the kind of people that raise your vibration, having the kind of music, the movies, because we make choices unconsciously and then we fall into a funk or into a depression and we don't know why. And we might have just been watching sad movies too much. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's real typical, obviously, around the holidays where some people fall into that deep depression and they get really stuck and bogged down and that lower vibrational things. And so yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing to speak on. Thank you. I'm mm -hmm. excited. Yep. Um, as far as the summit goes, forecasting into the future, how did, because you said each year it kind of, you know, grows and grows and grows inside. So what can yep. people look forward to for next year? Yeah, that's what I'm already thinking of, of course. <laughs> I'm already planning the next summit as we speak. And of course, talking to my team right now and the guests that are giving us feedback, it's definitely a huge wonderful thing for our community and people are excited and interested so we're definitely going to keep it going and i just think we're going to add more space more presenters and that's the kind of things i have to look at you know we want to make sure that everybody has a fantastic experience that there are lots of people in every presentation so those are the logistical things we just need to work out and then find the perfect location that supports all of that yeah yeah um and i know that when is the 
my mind's blinking now. The um, Expo. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. new consciousness expo. Yes. When is mm-hmm. the new consciousness expo planned for next year? Well, this is really awesome news because the other, the next new consciousness expo is going to be on Earth Day. Wow. So I'm so excited that Earth Day, the April 22nd, is on a Saturday. And it's the perfect timing. The expo center still had our room available for us, so we jumped on it. So we're going to put our next expo under the whole theme of Earth Day. And I'm super excited about that. That's very cool. That is ultimately my goal, to raise the consciousness of humanity so that we can take better care of our planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christiana, I loved the episode that we got to do together. It was such a wonderful time. It was a really, it's one of my favorite episodes that I've had the opportunity to do yet for the podcast. Um, I know that it's quantumnlp.net, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as all the law of attraction stuff, and I know that you guys are constantly having uh, events and things like that throughout the months where people can come and... Uh, learn a little bit more about it and everything like that what's the easiest way for them to find all that information oh Facebook is our greatest friend for sure what a wonderful tool so thank you for putting all that together Mark Zuckerberg and we are (laughs) having many many access points on Facebook you can always find me personally Christiana Turner you can look at Quantum NLP we have our page that always posts our events and then you can also just look under Law of Attraction and look under Quantum NLP Law of Attraction Club that is our club with over 3,000 people now that are members that we post everything that we're doing. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy lady today. Lots going on and everything like that with the summit. But thank you. Well, we love having you guys here. Thank you for your support. And thank you for getting the word out about the new consciousness. I totally appreciate it. Yes. And you guys have an awesome day. <laughs> Angela, thank you so much. And then the closer you get to the mic, because we got a lot going on around us. Yes. So... Tell me a little bit about why you're here at the summit and what you offer and what you do. So I'm here to change the conversation around money. Okay. And a lot of people who are stuck with money, we keep trying to do affirmations and meditations and try to heal money and try to heal it and heal it. And decade after decade, it doesn't change. So what if instead of trying to heal it, we actually made the choice to change it? And so I I work with a lot of people, you know, entrepreneurs, I call them solopreneurs, people crazy enough to think they can change the world. And so they do, (laughs) but we've got to have a different conversation around money because we keep trying to create something different in our business. But until we have a different conversation around money, then our business keeps looping back into these patterns of struggle, lack, things like that. Yeah. What would you say if you could sum it up? And I know it's, I mean, because it's a huge topic, right? right. There's big <laughs> issues involved with it. But what are some of the key things that you see people struggling with? You know, common themes, I guess, mm-hmm. that people, when it comes into the association with money and the things that they struggle with in that space. Right. Well, I'll use myself as an example because this is a truth bomb that a lot of uh I'll just say spiritually centered people struggle with because I was there is we keep trying to meditate our way to money thinking like oh it's going to happen sometime if I just get my thinking right just get my energy right make sure my chakras are aligned but no one is taking action not no one but a lot of people are but they they keep expecting money to change and I was there decade after decade literally of meditations and if I just do my affirmations right if I just read another book if I just go to another workshop and when it wasn't changing I thought I've got to do something different but I wasn't going to go down this road where I saw a lot of other people go down of hustle work hard burnout and so I kept seeing these two extremes meditate my way to money or work myself to death to try to have a better relationship with money and I end up resenting the money that I work so hard for. So the middle ground is that we've got to take different actions with a different energy behind it. 
And so one of the simple principles I teach is just ask more questions. So I, I used it in my presentation today. I said, just say this, you know, I suck with money. And everyone, the whole room went like, oh. And then instead of asking a question, like what kind of magic and joy can I be with money today? And your brain will want to answer those questions, but it's not a brain question. It's about changing your energy because everything is energy, energy is everything. So when you ask questions, your energetic field changes. And then you start getting inspiration. And when you get an inspired idea, the thing is for all of us meditators is do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> Take that inspired action. So if we look at that concept, I suck with money, mm -hmm. um, what would be another way to kind of ask yourself that or to bring awareness to that so that you're seeing it and feeling it and then turning that energy into something yeah, else? Yeah, so asking the question of what magic am I with money that I'm not acknowledging? And your soul, your energy will find the answer because the universe always responds. Yeah. And so when we ask a question, the universe always responds. So it's about changing the question. You know, the other principle with this is what we judge, we cannot change because judgment locks it into place. And so if there's something like, oh, I suck with money, which if that's going through your head all the time, because we can find all sorts of proof for that, <laughs> you know, maybe we're just looking at our bank account like, oh, yeah, it really sucks today. But then changing the energy of what kind of energy can I be with this? And then even asking my favorite question is what else is possible here? What else is possible that I've never even imagined before? And when you start to just be in the energy of that question, things will start to shift. And so it sounds like such a simple principle, but it's life-changing. I think a lot of times in you know, people's journeys and their experience, whether they have that spiritual aspect to it, I know we're here at the, you know, the summit and everything like that, so there's a lot of that energy and a lot of that fill of the spirituality mm -hmm. aspect of different things. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to have that. You, know, you don't have to be some hippie guru meditator. Right. The fact is, I think change on the big grand scale of things is all about little tiny things where it's not some big, huge shift and change. It's mm -hmm. a small practice that you put into place that leads to those big, huge changes. Absolutely. And especially, you know, bringing that around back to money, like one of the things I kept waiting for was like a huge sum of money to show up in my life, and then I would do it. Yeah. And then I would donate to the causes. And I remember years ago being at some event, and they were auctioning off, you know, something, something, donating money to Africa, which is one of my huge passion projects. And I just sat there thinking, man, I can't wait till I can write that check for $10,000, you know? And my friend sitting next to me, she said, Angela, how you do it now is how you'll do it then. And I was like, I keep waiting for this large sum of money, but I'm not doing the habit. So I got up, I donated the last 20 bucks I had to my name to this cause, and that was one of the things that started changing everything. That's a good thing. That's and a small, t small steps. Yeah, like small you said. steps. And that whole concept too, because so many people get stuck in that space of, you know, well, if I can just get $10,000 or if I suddenly start making $50,000 a year, or, you know, yep. then all these things will start changing for me and my life will get on track. And, and I think that's wise advice from your friend that it's like how you operate now is how you're going to be doing it then. Exactly. Yeah. Because that thing that we are looking to save us, like, oh, the large sum of money, I'll win the lottery, you know, like somehow my student loans are just going to disappear <laughs> if I, you know, I did that for a while. I'm like, if I just meditate hard enough, maybe this will just go away. Yeah. And I kept looking for something to save me instead of, well, how can I be the creator of my own reality? Like, what is one thing I could do that's in alignment and inspired and take an action that begets more action and more inspiration and more possibility instead of just waiting back, you know, hoping, wishing, meditating, affirming, <laughs> reading another book about it, <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with that because I still love all of that, mm -hmm. but it's a different relationship. I, it, I'm looking at those things to enhance what I'm doing and not replace what I'm not doing. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So people that want to work with you, find out more about you and all that kind of stuff, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Yeah, so my website is AngelaJohnson.com. It's A-N-G-E-L-L-A. -L -L mm -hmm. And so I've got some free trainings on there, um, money resources. You know, my, my really, I help entrepreneurs with their marketing and creating authentic, intuitive marketing. So people who want to generate more money in their business that way, there's that section. But there's also money trainings and a bunch of free stuff you can find on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know we've got a busy you. schedule today. Yes, and we got lots you. going on, so I'll let you get back to it. Thanks for the it. opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Anna, how are you? I'm so blessed. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much. Um, Anna Sierra, you were on an earlier episode of the podcast, which did a wonderful, like, people are still downloading and listening to that episode. I'm so glad to hear that. That was an awesome experience. Thank you for having me. I want to ask you about Burning Man. Oh, right. Tell me about the experience. Could you go often? Like, this isn't the first year that you've been, right? No, this is actually my second year at the Big Burn. We call it the Big Burner Home, mm -hmm. um, which is in Black Rock City, Nevada. Uh, Utah has our own regional burn, which is most like um, Burning Man, actually, environmentally and socially, and as far as the activities and things go. I've been doing that one for maybe five years, I guess. But I've been in the community for a very long time, yeah. How was the big one this year out of Black Rock? The big one was absolutely amazing. Last year I went and I worked and I was so exhausted. I basically just survived Burning Man. <laughs> this year I went to play and what a difference that makes. I um, really wanted to go and check out the art installations. That's essentially what it is. It's an art festival, but it's so much more than that. And um, I got early entry and so I got to see a lot of the installations as they were being placed. And got to experience so much more of the event this time, which was absolutely beautiful. And it's it brings people from all across the world. That's what's amazing. I mean, your, our neighbors were from every Latin country you could think of. There's people from Japan and there's people from England and you just rock around the corner and you're meeting people from all around the world. It's an amazing experience. We had um, <clears throat> Rick Doblin on the podcast a while back and he's with MAPS and they do a big thing. They do the Zendo project. Oh yeah, yeah. And, um, I saw that. So we've had a couple of people that have come on and talked about Burning Man. So they get kind of a, I think our listeners have a good sense. And if they, you know, some people obviously don't even know what the hell it's about. Right. But if you had to sum it up, if you had to kind of boil it down to a couple of key things that you personally take away from that whole experience. Because I think it's unique to everybody. I'm imagining I've never been. I'm planning on going at some point. But if, if you could boil it down to kind of what's your takeaway after that kind of experience. One of the main things, and I think the reason that I love the community in Burning Man is the unconditional love. Um, if you read the 10 principles, you can Google them. Um, one of them is radical inclusion. And you can take that and interpret it in so many different ways, but what I think that boils down to when you're in the experience is the non-judgment and the unconditional love. Now, of course, there's radical expression, which you'll see a bit of everything yeah and in that radical expression is where you find that unconditional love that radical inclusion as well and that was that's the main thing i think that draws me towards that community and what it is um there's a it's a gifting community as well so there's this brotherhood that's commingled in all just those two principles within going in you know you have like this tribe and this family and these people that want to generally make make the world a better place just by the way they treat each other themselves and one another that's one of the main things I think that really draws me and pulls me and keeps me going back it kind of recharges my batteries when we're in we call it the default world when we're in this default world <laughs> and you go there and you just 
get all of that unconditional love and vibe and, and art and expression and and then you get to bring that back to the community and you're like, why can't why can't the rest of the world take some of this and, and bring it and that's essentially what I bring to my events too is is that bridge is some of that um, that love and that eye opening and the popping and, and not not just with the art and, 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 and the inclusion but you know, it's, it's the underlying feeling of that vibration of unconditional love that we really should all embrace. Yeah. I think it's a good takeaway. I mean I it's one of the things that I when I think about going to that event, because I know that there's so many different aspects to it, and it's, I mean, it's huge. I don't think people realize it's like 70 to 80,000 people that show up and set up in the middle of nowhere and create this entire community, essentially. And um, that's the exciting point for me is the, the, the whole idea that what you talk about, that unconditional love, that, you know, where everybody is part of something bigger and everybody believes that aspect of it. And, yeah, it might manifest in different ways and different, you know, the way that people kind of exhibit it, but... I think that's a really neat takeaway from it. Um, I want to ask you as well, because we've got the Infinite Possibilities Expo coming up. Uh, what are the dates for it? That is January 6th and 7th in Ogden, Utah. And it's going to be at the uh, Union Station again, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. And what's the best way? Uh, I know you've got the event page up for it on Facebook if people wanted to find out more and all that kind of fun stuff. Yep, that is the absolute best way. Um, I've got a website up, but it's still kind of under construction. We'll be working on that again next week. Right now, it's open for vendor applications is basically what it's functioning. <laughs> and a slideshow from last year. Um, it doesn't really have a description of the event and, and what it is that we are doing. I speak in pictures, and so that if I got the two main things up there, I was like, yes, we got website, vendor app, slideshow. I'm cool. So now we need to do some construction on that. But Facebook says so much more because it's got the um, descriptions of the vendors and the readers and you get to see who's attending. And so the event page on Facebook is the best way right now to tune in to what's going on. And it's a two-day event again, right? It will be a two-day event Friday and Saturday. Is it, do you have anything else planned this year for it? It's like, you know, how are you going to make this event bigger and better than it was last year? Any other cool things that are coming up for it? Well, one thing that's awesome about this event is that it kind of has a life of its own and it morphs within. We have vendors that have been with me since my very first event. And then we have new, new readers and new people that have come out of the woodwork and um, different things. And then we have people like yourself that have evolved from where they first started into what they're doing now. And now they have more to offer. Um, we have speakers that will be there and we have the musicians and we have the performers and as you watch those things I really want to focus I would like to get more art um, in in the program I'm working on that manifesting now so it is uh, you're at the right place yeah the attraction summit yep we'll get some more art in there um, you know I really would love to have I would love to have some installations if we could just get one or two installations in. That's really what I've been working on the last couple of years is with my involvement with Burning Man is, can we bring one of these out to a festival or can we bring one of these out to Expo? And so, you know, I'll work on that. And just something that, that was one thing that's beautiful about Burning Man is that you go out there and you see this huge, humongous piece of art and you're like, how did they get that out here? How did they put it up and how do they keep it on the ground because the winds are so strong, you know? Yeah. Just, just the sheer magnitude of it um i just went to montana with my brother and, and he said we were looking at all of this art we went and ended up in a gallery and he said you know what art is right and i said well i create art you know i said what is art and he said art should move you and i think i move people all the time so i must be a working piece of art <laughs> love art so exactly and that's exactly what those pieces of art do and, and i mean installations don't have to be as ginormous as they are at burning man but i mean you get to see some small installation that just speaks mountains to you 
So I'll, I would love to bring more art in too. So any artists are out there that are saying, hey, I've got art. We need to display it. Please bring it down. Let yeah. me know. Get a hold of me. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a busy I'm so day. I'm glad that you guys are here. Stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's been fun so far. I'm cool. excited. Cool. Glad that you're here. Thank you. So right now I'm sitting down with Iris. And Iris, you're here helping with the summit mm -hmm. as kind of a volunteer and whatnot, right? That's correct. Okay, pronounce your last name for me because I, I know uh, I have a Krieger. Krieger. Mm -hmm. So give me an idea of how you first came to the whole concept and idea of the law of attraction. Okay, I think I the first time that I uh, was introduced to that um, with Christian was in, in the Lotus Star. I came to one of her uh, events and I really, really love it. Um, previous to that, I read The Secret, so I've always been attracted to it in some way and to energy. And so basically, I took the first one and then many came, many more came. And uh, so right now I'm taking the NLP class with her. So you're going to go through it. and get the whole NLP certification yeah, and everything? Yeah, a beginner in the yeah. first course, but I'm loving it. Um, you can see results. You really do see results with the energy work that you do. It's a healing and um, it's great for personal life and also professional life. Well, give us an idea. Like, what was what's one of the biggest things that you've kind of seen in your own personal life where you start to incorporate some of these beliefs, start to work with, you know, not just the NLP portion of it, but the law of attraction and that type of stuff? Well, I'm going to tell you one. <clears throat> A year ago, I um, just thought something crazy, right? So my thought was like, more than a year ago, probably a year and a half ago, I thought, I want to work for a millionaire because I want to see how it is, mm -hmm. just for the fun of it. So then later, uh, I was like, yeah, how you're going to meet that person, right? And it sounds crazy. My daughter looked at me and say, oh, that sounds good, mom. But she kind of laughed because was like, how are you going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, uh, later, I was uh, working in Park City with a company that does massage because I'm a massage therapist. And um, so basically, um, one of the guys that I was working, because there's a lot of rich people there, um, asked me, you want to work for me? And so I end working for a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my, um, that's an example. That's a really good something. example. Yeah. It's like I have this idea, this concept, I'm going to put it out there, and yeah. then next thing you know, there it is. Exactly. It was just an idea, but I think I say it so firmly that I really, universe really uh, listen, and that's how I work for him. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to NLP specifically, because we had Christiana on the show or on the podcast, I don't remember how long ago, but she came on and did an episode, and we talked at depth about... Uh, neuro-linguistic programming and the way that she got into it and got involved with it and uh, all the kind of different aspects of it. I know you said that you just started that portion of it and you're kind of in the beginning phases of it, but what attracted you to that as well? Had you had any sort of experience with energy work in general or? 
Well, in general, let me think really fast. Um, well, I have been doing the, the exercises since the, those uh, chats, uh, those events that she had before, like in the Lotus or in the Brickyard um, 111, I think, so, uh-huh. Salt Lake City. So it's a different address that she does some events. Um, and uh, so I start to practice all the little tools and advices that she gives you. And I saw that it worked. And um, I saw results. I did it just for experimenting at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then later, um, that's what it guided me to, okay, I'm gonna take the classes and I want more tools because I really know that it works. Like the example of the millionaire was, I was already taking classes with, uh, I mean, events, free events with her in the past and um, I see I put it in, in to work with my family with my kids and we have been working some issues and uh, it really changed that one o- another story that I can tell you that it really works is uh, my son Kevin um, was struggling a lot with the school and we do, we did we start to work with the NLP thing I did it with Christian and uh, it's switching, it's switching like from like day to night, it really, or night to day, <laughs> it really changed him. It, he started to be more motivated because he was a little lazy about it and <laughs> not focusing. Uh-huh. But then later, after we did NLP with him, he started to focus in more and uh, uh, the Grades are really good, and I'm not lying to you. I can show you one of his great, uh, great cards. And he has A's and B's. So he is more focused and more motivated. I saw that change. Motivation was a big one. Um, so, yeah, it works. That's way cool. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yeah, because that was a stress for me, you know. But uh, And I think for him, too. Uh, it was stressful. It was kind of we were in a in a hole at that time. But being able to work and put the intention that you want and really use the tools that NLP gives you um, gives you the opportunity to change. And it's the change that you can do is really powerful if you really want to do it. Yeah. Well, Iris, thank you so much for coming and sharing a little bit thank with you. us. I appreciate it. I know you're here helping, so I'll let you get back to that and. Um, listeners out there, I know you guys probably listened to Christiana on her episode, but you can always find out more, not just about the law of attraction, uh, but about NLP and all the events and things that they host and put on at quantumnlp.net, I believe it is. Um, but thank you again, Iris. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So right now I get the opportunity to sit down with Grace. You're a guest here at the uh, summit, right? Yes, I am. And tell me your last name. Well, Grace, you can call me Grace or you can call me Bonnie Elizabeth. Okay. And what brought you out to the summit today? Have you been before? I, I have. Well, I've been to a lot of Christiana's things. This, I think, is new this year, this particular summit. I think I think she's because she was on earlier. She did a little bit earlier. I think this. she said this was the third time that they've done oh the summit. Oh, Okay. Each well, year, it just I'm expands. behind the eight ball on that. <laughs> this is my first time to this particular summit. Yes. Yeah, it's my first time as well. It's really interesting. I think it's kind of not only is it well put together and put on and everything like that, but it's cool. I like the format of it. I like what she's doing and it's some really interesting stuff. Absolutely. So now we get to learn a little bit about you. 
So tell me, first and foremost, when it comes to the realm of spirituality and energy work and the metaphysical and all of those kind of wonderful different things, because that's kind of what we highlight on the podcast, where do you fall on that spectrum? Are you a believer in a sense? (laughs) I'm a believer in life. Mm -hmm. I have been a Reiki master for many years. I started Course in Miracles back in the 70s, which I still love, but I have expanded to so many other different things. I I do life coaching. I'm a life coach. I'm a writer. I am an author. I I speak. I'm a speaker. And I have a nonprofit organization. I'm a founder and director of a nonprofit organization, One World Humanity. And do you live here in Utah? I do. I live here in Utah. Mm -hmm. That's super good. Tell me more about your nonprofit. One World Humanity. We have six, five, six events every year. And we raise money for uh, children. We do youth projects. We've been to several, 10, 15, 20 orphanages around the world. We do projects for the indigenous cultures. We've done adoptive Native American elder, Buffalo Blessings. We we did this year. We've done for several years. Uh, Kanash Indian project we did ourselves. We do uh, lots of extreme poverty. We, we like. We've been to many vin- villages in Costa Rica, Peru, Brazil. We we like. We and then we do women's causes. So we do uh, New Year's event is always for children. And spring is a yoga event. We have arts, environment, health, and that is for indigenous populations worldwide. And then we have a summer event, and that's for extreme poverty. And then we have a goddess event in the fall, and that is for women's causes. And then in uh, Chris, or Halloween, we always have a big Halloween party. We had 300 people last weekend, and that is for we have a giving tree. We raise money um, to bring food for the families and to adopt children. We, our motto is that no, every child, child has a present under the tree. Sounds like you're a busy woman. I am a busy woman, (laughs) but there's a lot that needs to be done. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I always like finding out too, um, when it comes to people who, and you said you're a Reiki master, so you've been practicing energy work for a long time and everything like that. How did you originally, first and foremost, come to it? Because 90% of the people that I talk to, you know, we've had a lot of guests on the podcast, and very rarely do I ever come across somebody that's like, oh, my mom was this, and I was just born and raised, and, you know, reading tarot cards and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So many times it, it's everybody's journey is different and unique to them, obviously. And so what was it like for you originally? Okay, I want to first give everybody my website. It's, it's uh, oneworldstudio.com. If you want to be a part of, and I, I really want to talk about the upcoming event with One World Humanity because that's, that's way more important than me. I'll definitely give you that's the opportunity. Way I just like you know me. We're, I want to we learn are, about you. On January first, two thousand seventeen, we're having an event that is bringing children home. We're eradicating human trafficking, and it's a huge problem. So we can talk about that later. For me, <laughs> uh, it was I was born. I literally born. I used to talk to my atheist grandmother when I was five, and. I would tell her, we're, I'm not, we're not bodies. We're infinite spirit. We, we live forever. You take away all my body parts, say, and I still exist. Man. You still exist. And when I was probably yeah, six or seven, I started um, having a lot of really profound experiences in nature. I was a nature child. And fortunately, my family were, were not churchgoers. We were very, very religious on Christmas and Easter. But other than that, I was out in the woods every Sunday. And um, at about eight years old, I, I was out in the woods all morning and just having very ecstatic, heart-opening experiences where I couldn't contain the ecstasy, the joy, the love. I mean, that was my normal experience. 
And I went to church that day on Easter, and I just it just didn't I didn't feel they had the the joy and the love they were talking about. They weren't experiencing it, and that was kind of a, a mark of demarcation for me because I said I. I don't want to talk about love and joy and ecstasy and peace. and I, I want to experience it. I want to go back out into the woods and I want to get out of here and go back to the woods. And, 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 and that was an immature view too because it wasn't the woods. It was the woods accessed it allowed me to access myself, a connection, a deeper inner connection to, to the infinity within me. And then I, I would ride my bike. I found a little used bookstore in town. And I, would, I, I remember just walking straight to the back, very back of the bookstore. And, you know, just, you know, universe, the way, the master of the universe, all these quantum physics. And I just, I, I, I'd eat them up. I'd be, I was 9, 10 years old, and I would just buy them for 10 cents. It's back in the 70s. And I just read them all. And so that was kind of what started my, and then I eventually found Course in Miracles and, and that led me to a lot of other things. I've been on a lot of retreats, and now I'm more of a humanitarian. And it's more about all life and all beings, and that we are all equal, and that this planet is is wanting to return back to nature. We re- want to return back to nature, back to the rights that we all have within us. And there's a lot of people and a lot of things going on that um, it's not natural. And so I'm my one world humanity is about all of us coming together as equals as one one equal human family all inclusive and bringing bringing this world back to state of nature where all people are recognized and all people have their you know their human rights freedom yeah yeah unfortunately i think we're at that point in society and the world and all that kind of stuff is on the big grand scheme of things where I think a lot of times it feels like we're at a tipping point almost where, you know, we might go that direction that nobody really wants it to go, but we don't know how to stop it to some extent. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to do their part and bringing mm-hmm. it back into balance and harmony and all the kind of things. Cause mm-hmm. there's times when you look at it and it definitely feels like it's significantly out of balance. Yeah. But, so tell me more about the event on okay. it's January 1st, <laughs> right? Yes. I want to invite everybody. The whole world is, is included in this event. Everybody. All religions, all political um, preferences, all sexual preferences, all races, all religion, every, everybody's invited. It's an all-inclusive event. We will have an event here in Salt Lake City on January 1st, 2017 at the Libby Gardner Hall. Love for you to buy a ticket, uh, oneworldstudio.com. You can purchase a ticket. That money, that $29 ticket, will go, 100% of those donations will go to uh, eradicating human trafficking. They will go to bringing children home. Every $2,000 we raise will bring one child home. We are donating all our profits. We're a volunteer-run organization, so all the profits are going to the Exodus Road. They have, to date, brought 750 rescues, 750 children out of slavery. Nice. And so, yeah, it, and we're, so we are raising money for them. They go into the foreign countries. They risk their lives. It's an extremely expensive, very dangerous. They're heroes. They go in and they bring the girls home. And they, we have researched it. My, my boyfriend Bob and I, we've researched it. And we found the best organization that's bringing... The event is bringing children home. We're bringing children home. 27 million human beings on this planet are living in slavery, whether it's labor slavery, sex being exploited as commodities. And it's got to the point now where we need to organize. So we're organizing. We have a meeting this Monday 
at the Sugar House Garden Center at 7 p.m. We love it. We want 100 volunteers to come and to come join together. And this is joining together as evolutionaries, regardless of our differences, embracing our differences, because it's, it's organized right now. They're chipping the children. It's an organized operation. Cartels are involved in this. Um, humans are a better commodity than drugs right now. They're, they're, they're a reusable commodity. You yeah. can make more money on a human being's life. Yeah. And so it's for the children that are enslaved, the human beings. When I say children, I, it doesn't matter what age. But there are 50% of that 27 million are children. Yeah, sometimes it seems like an overwhelming, daunting problem, you know. But kudos to you. It sounds like you're doing your part, and I really, really appreciate that. Tell me the website again. It's OneWorldStudio.com. OneWorldStudio.com. Okay. Yeah, and the event is at the Libby Gardner Hall, uh, 1375 President Circle, 6 p.m. on January 1st. And we want global volunteer. We want we, We're having satellites all over the world. So anybody listening to this... If you're in Mexico, if you're in Thailand, if you're in Singapore, if you're, it doesn't matter where you are in this in this country or in another country. We're ha- we're creating global satellite synchronized uh, meditations. We'll send you a free CD and a DVD. It's bringing awareness about about human trafficking. It's like a five minute DVD, a little documentary, and then a 50 minute music meditation. It's beautiful and it's. It's it's worth just gathering some friends and family wherever part of the globe you were at, you'd be a satellite. It's at six p.m. in Utah. We're not synchronizing the time because of different time zones. <laughs> yeah. That would be hard. That would be. We want it to be convenient. Whoever's hosting the the satellite, but we just need to organize. We need to come together and organize for this. And and we're asking anyone who's also working towards bringing children home and human trafficking to join us and. Be a partner on our website. We want to promote you too. We want to. We need to. We need to organize. All, many organizations need to organize together. This is beyond just one person or one organization. This is about the globe coming together. And it's people like you and these young, this younger generation, these people in their twenties, early thirties. They are, they are rock stars. I was going to say another word. But it was a <laughs> kick a. <laughs> You are. You're rock stars. You are rock stars. And you are all, like, you've got little activists inside of each and every one of you. And you are about coming back to nature. You are all about this. And you're the generation that's going to make the change. So I'm just here to kind of start the way and pass the torch off to all of you because you are the leaders. You are the future leaders. And it's about our children and our children's children. What kind of world? Do we want this to get worse? It's gotten worse. It's been on this planet all... Mother Earth's pissed. She doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, I'm swearing again. I'm you're sorry. Good. That's okay. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can swear on a podcast. So you're She's totally pissed. Fine. This is unhealthy. Yeah. No human being should be a commodity. Should have their freedom taken away. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Grace. I appreciate it. Okay. It was very, very nice chatting with you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Who's ever yes. out there and come to the meeting. Come January 1st. Get on our website and join us as an evolutionary. We welcome all. It's all inclusive as equals. So right now I got the opportunity to sit down with Jim. Jim, tell me your last name. Hawks, like the bird. Hawks. That's a cool last name. I like that. Thank you. And you're here at the summit as a guest, right? Yes. What brought you out today? Well, um, you know, I like this this information that's coming out now with more of a... uh, spiritual bent to it and more you know sort of out of the mainstream but it's being more accepted and my friend christiana turner who i've been friends with for 
10 or so years at least. Uh, I came to support her and what she does. She does amazing things. She does. We had her on the podcast. She was, I don't remember how long ago, uh, what episode she was, but I knew her from some of these events and the New Consciousness Expo and things like that. And so for me personally, having the opportunity to sit down and talk to her, you know, we had a nice big long interview and learn more about her and everything. It was really, really fun. She's a neat, neat lady. She's amazing. She's spreading her message internationally. Mm Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the law of attraction and some of the kind of these deeper spiritual things, how do you incorporate it or how have you found ways to kind of embrace some of these concepts? Well, um, I bought a few things from the law of attraction. I bought a book. Uh, I bought a few of her CDs. Um, I contributed to one of her books with my poetry. Oh, do you write poetry? Yeah. Tell me some more about that. So it's metaphysical poetry that came through meditation. And um, I just like to write the poetry and uh, put it out there and see if uh, people resonate with it. How long have you been meditating? Since 92. Wow. Every day. Yeah. Got to do it every day. You do. I tell people all the time because... For me, in my own personal spiritual journey and everything like that, I started to practice meditation and kind of expand my mind out of what I thought it was initially. (laughs) And then it really, for me personally, it just became ways to practice and incorporate it every single day because the benefits that I gained from it. But if you could speak on, if you've been practicing meditation that long, how have you seen it kind of not just change your life first and foremost, but my guess is that your meditation practice has evolved significantly over the years. Yes, it has. I've taken taken quite a few of the uh, different modalities and different uh, uh, things that I've learned and experienced, and I've taken sort of a potpourri of a lot of these ancient things and new things and put them together through my meditation. But the first thing that I do is uh, work through the body and do some uh, asanas, some uh, yoga stretches, and then I get into a meditative state um, by preparing my body. Uh, and then that, the rest of my meditation usually lasts about 25, 30 minutes, getting to a certain level where uh, it's just awareness, no more thought. You're just, there's no attributes. You get to the mind chatter is, is dwindling and dwindling, and then you hit that place. How have you found that um, being in that place on such a regular basis if you're practicing daily? How have you found that that carries over into your everyday life when you're moving through life? Well, I'm definitely more aware, and I seem to be out of my body watching my life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I, I'm really aware of things that I do and how I react and I think that has a tendency to change the way I behave um, actually wrote a poem it's on my website if I can be so bold Jim, by all means jimhawks.com and it's called The Place and it kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, of my take from meditation on uh, the place the place between thoughts yeah Do you want to share it with us? I can do that. 
Excellent. Okay. Here we go. Millions of years have passed, and I wait for you. I knew you when you were stone. I watched you grow into the tree. I saw you as a fish swimming, and then as a bird flying. Now you are you. Do you remember me? I am the womb. I am the seer, the sun, the stars, the sky, the universe. I am you. Come to me and be as a child again. Play in the clouds of fragrant flowers. Everything here is new. This is the place between thoughts, where it is silent. Come to this place where there is no fear and all blessings bestowed. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. So when you say that you write those, I mean, do you feel that those are something that you not just find or, or receive in meditation, but something that you more or less kind of channel in that place as well? I've been told that the words are probably channeled because sometimes I don't even understand them. Yeah. And I just start writing. And when I do, you know, it kind of comes together and you have to massage it sometimes and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just a pure download, so to speak. And, you know, I feel it's a real, it's a real blessing, but I would have never got there without the meditations. Was it something that you were kind of, I mean, you know, throughout your life, were you writing poetry or stories or anything like that? Never. No? Nope. That's really neat. I, I didn't study any poetry and uh, I just thought, okay, well, I better write this down. Some of them rhyme and some of them don't. Yeah. And uh, I've never taken any classes. So I attribute it all to the meditation at a certain level uh, of consciousness and awareness. And um, like I say, I, I meditate every day. And if I don't, I'm a bad person. I, I get a bad tempered, ill tempered, yeah. <laughs> because it's like my my natural fix, so to speak. And so I look forward to it, and my body and mind look forward to it. Yeah, it almost becomes something that you crave, in a sense, where exactly. you need to be in that space. Huh? But then when you get filled with this information, you feel euphoric, and it's a filling up of, the, I think, the body and the mind and the soul. And I think because of that, when you get filled up, it becomes overflowing, and so you start to share it. That's my take on it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Jim, thank you first and foremost. I'm super glad that you sat down and took the time to chat with us on the podcast. It's jimhawks.com if yep. people want to find more and follow yep. you and, you know, get some samplings of your poems and things like that. I want to ask you, since you're somebody that has been practicing meditation for quite some time and you've incorporated it into everyday life and all that kind of stuff, if you were going to give somebody who may be interested but don't quite know how to or where to start, what would be a tip or two that you could give to somebody if they were looking to start meditation and wanted to start trying to incorporate it into their lives? The first thing that, thank you for having me. Uh, and the first thing I would tell people is to separate yourself from any distraction, first of all. Find a quiet place. Start by listening to your breath and watching your breath. And people go, well, how do we do that? If you just sit and breathe, 
yeah, over time, the distractions will go away and you'll hit a level. It doesn't take very long, but you need, you need to separate yourself and find a, a silent place that you can just sit. And your mind, all the chatter will come into your mind. Why am I sitting here? What am I doing? And you just let all those thoughts keep going. And finally, you start to hit a little bit of area where it's less thought, more peaceful. Then you become a receiver, where before you're trying to be the projector, you become the receiver. That's when the information starts to come. And that's true information for you particularly, I believe. And then you get the benefits, yeah. which is being your authentic and true self. That's the good stuff from the universe. That's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's free. It's free. It's true. It doesn't cost yeah. a dime. But it's uh, indescribable and priceless at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Nice to meet you. Um, what's going on, brother? Well, I am getting my dreams off the ground. Scoot way closer for me so everybody can hear you. <laughs> okay. That better? That's much better. <laughs> So, first off, before you go into what you want, because I'm excited to hear about this and the things that you've got going on, but um, tell me what's been going on since we chatted last, since you were on the podcast. Well, I have just been out and about traveling. I went on a month and a half road trip, uh, went out through North Carolina, down through all the South, uh, up through the mid Midwest a little bit, spent a little time in Memphis, Tennessee, and then came through like Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and then came up through Southern Utah and uh, uprooted from Lava Hot Springs and am now seeing Logan for the moment and just flowing with the universe. <laughs> How was the road trip? Like, were there parts of the country you hadn't seen before? Was it kind of a whole new experience? Brand new experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely like a, a game changer. It was like, you know, a, a lot of ways it felt like my life was kind of just stagnant. And this really just blasted me out of a lot of ruts and opened me up to a lot of possibilities that I hadn't even considered. So it's like just magical how the universe just guides us to do things. It's like, Okay, I could be the fool, you know, thinking like the tarot. Or, you know, I can just, you know, remain the stack. No, I'm going to go be the fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. And I mean, a road trips are great. Um, I, I love them. Stefan, you know, my wife and I will go on road trips all the time. We take kids and stuff. But it's a wonderful opportunity, I think, to not just experience new things, but then also to embrace the way that the universe does work like that, where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where you're going to. You know, sometimes it's, I don't even know where I'm going to stay that night or where we're going to pick to eat or we don't even have a destination in mind. We're just going to go. And that's, that's a lot of fun if you can embrace it. Sometimes it's scary too, but. Yeah, there's definitely some of those moments where it was just like, like, you know, as I was saying, being blasted out of the rut, there was just like uh, some circumstances that came up. I was staying in Indiana for a little bit and uh, just through that whole experience, I was just you know, working through, you know, releasing a lot of anxieties and a lot of pent up sort of behavioral patterns that just, you know, weren't serving me moving forward. And man, the universe deliver was uh, quite a challenging, you know, four or five days for that whole thing to happen. Yet, you know, I feel like uh, a lot has been left behind and 
the world just seems like it's a lot lot brighter of a place and a lot easier to uh, you know, put my dreams on the ground. So this is a good segue into this. Perfect. Let's hear about it. So, you know, for a while, you know, a couple of years, I've wanted to open up an animal sanctuary. And, you know, over time, it's uh, developed in clarity and broadened in scope. So what I'm doing is called Starlight Sanctuary. And it is first and foremost an animal sanctuary. So we'll have like adoption services. This is a no-kill zone. So any animals that, you know, are not able to be adopted out, well, great. They have a home. They're going to be loved. And they're going to have a lot of of other people, a lot of other animals to go play with. And we'll have like a full-service veterinary clinic there as well. And it's also like a healing retreat center. So people can come and conduct healing retreats. They can bring the animals in and, you know, heal with the animals or heal amongst themselves or even, you know, do seminars. They're just like, you know, there's something they're really passionate about, a workshop, whatever. And, you know, they can come on to the sanctuary and, and conduct these, these different things. And all this is based upon an intentional community, which is about reviving traditional ways of living that have been lost through modern society. So we're like looking into different uh, farming techniques, different ways of building. So with like straw or cob or uh, even like Wapiti style style dwellings. And, you know, the bottom line is it's like, you know, we've been so fragmented in this world. It's just time for us all to come back together and remember how much stronger we are all together and also the fact that we do share this world with more than just humans and you know it's about cultivating that that deep respect that we have for the planet i mean uh you know one of the ideas that came in like even before you know actually setting up the first uh structures you know find some some local native americans and you know talk to their elders and you know request their blessing on you know the land if that's something that they feel would be okay to put on the land i mean this is we are living on borrowed land after all and i would much rather pay respect to the ancestors and to those who are who are here first before proceeding with anything yeah so, you know, at this point, I'm thinking, you know, Arkansas would be the place I would set up my first one. You know, the energy out there is just amazing. So many crystals, just rolling green hills. It doesn't feel like it's been terribly polluted or anything like that. It's just like it just seems like a really pure place to, to start this and then spread out from there. So I'm thinking New Mexico, Utah would be a great place. I don't feel like it would be like a like a place to establish the first one, but after you know I've I've got some experience with this and feel very confident with it, I feel like Utah would be a great place to start then because you know let's face it, Utah does tend to have like this mismatch of different ideologies, different different things, and. Uh, to come in here with a strong presence of unity, I feel like can you know weave that tapestry in such a way that everyone's just like whether you're Mormon, whether you're a shaman, whether you're you know some prostitute on the street or some drug addict, you know you, we can all come together and help each other see that hey we're all human and we all deserve to love one another and love ourselves and help each other out in the best ways that we can. For sure, for sure, I agree. And Utah, like you say, you know sometimes it gets a little convoluted, a little thick. <laughs> here in Utah, but I think it sounds really cool. Um, you said ideally you want to originally, you know, set up the first one in Arkansas and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get involved, if people want to help out, uh, donate, what's going to be the best way for them to do so? 
So I've started a GoFundMe page, and you just go to GoFundMe.com, and it'll be forward slash Starlight Sanctuary. And I've also like got a template on my computer, so if you feel inspired to uh, put some flyers up in your town, uh, you can email me at StarlightSanctuary1111 at gmail.com, and... I can either email you the template and you can print it off yourself or I can print them off for, for you and then just mail them to you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Om, thank you very much. I know it's a busy day and we're here. Have you ever been to the summit before? Have you ever been out to one of these? I've been to the, the expo at the Southtown Center. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my first time with the summit. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. We, I've never been before either, so I was excited to come and bring the podcast and get a chat with everybody. But thank you so much, Om. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. And now I have the wonderful opportunity of sitting down with it's Joni, right? Yes. Joni, what's your last name? Glenn. Glenn. Glenn or Glenn? It's Glenn. With okay. a Y. With a Y. Yep. And you're here helping today out with the summit and everything like that, right? Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't so, miss it. <laughs> first thing I'm going to ask you is, tell me one of the ways that you specifically incorporate the law of attraction into your life. Oh, man. Where do I start? So I run a small business. And I'm always super busy, so I don't have a chance to pick up the phone and call my customers. Mm -hmm. So I think about them. And they call me. It works every day, sometimes several times a day. <laughs> and if I want something, I know how to find it. I just attract it, like this sweater. Uh-huh. So, like, if you misplace something, you can just put it out there, and then the next thing you know, you'll come across it? I don't misplace things. <laughs> Well, I'm missing a ring. So, yeah. Oh. Um, no, I'm, I, I live the law of attraction. When did you kind of first come to it? Like, was it, tell me a little bit about your journey in regards to kind of finding it. Is it something that you've always kind of had a sense of? Or? Before I even knew what it was, mm -hmm. I was 20 years old, sitting in my retail store, thinking, I really want a car. I just want a car. What kind of car do I want? And I kept watching every car drive by, thinking about what kind of car I wanted. And that afternoon, my sister called me and said, hey, I'm getting rid of my car. I wondered if you wanted it. I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> this works. I've attracted my husband. I've grown my business. Things like that. What's your business? I sell uniforms and corporate identity apparel. Nice. Yeah. And it's going well, obviously. It's a you're... great little business. Yeah. yeah. I have really awesome employees and amazing customer. Um, when it comes to the law of attraction and kind of all the different things that are going on here today at the summit and everything, when it, you know, energy work and the spirituality aspect of different things, do you have any of that that you kind of incorporate into your life or that you're, I guess, a believer of or a practicer? Uh, practicer is not quite a Practitioner? Word. There you go. Yeah. Um, no, I can't say that I am with regard to what's going on here today. Uh -huh. So I said, I'll be there at 830. You can count on me all day. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I haven't really even paid that much attention to what we're doing here. Really? In terms of the, you know, the speakers. <laughs> because I figured I'm not in there. I won't be able to be in there mm -hmm. today. So. Do you do anything with uh, like NLP or anything else like that as well? I have gone through Christiana's quantum NLP training. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I use Jedi mind tricks on my kids, <laughs> on my employees, <laughs> on my friends. Yes. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> I like to think of it in that regards too sometimes because sometimes it feels like that where you're kind of tapping into that energy, that force that's out there right? and, you know, using it. I, I, I always struggle because sometimes I think of it as you're manipulating it, but not in a negative way. Right. It's more or less working in conjunction with it. 
right? I'm really big on connecting with people's spirit and mm-hmm. in, from a heart place and not a head place. So sometimes the NLP stuff, you know, I have to weave my way from the heart to the head and it takes me a little longer. Yeah. You've got some ohm earrings on. Yeah, it's my anchor. Yeah, <laughs> and my ohm necklace. Very nice. And um, this is my guru's signature, and inside is a sacred text. See, so you are very spiritual. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no question there. Yeah, do you practice anything like, as far uh, as like meditation yes, or anything Yes, daily like that? meditation through Siddha Yoga Meditation. And I actually volunteer with the prison project, and I take meditation into the prisons once a month. Well, you got to tell me more about that. Oh, okay. How did you get started doing that? Through Siddha Yoga, through Guru Mai Chitvalasananda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Baba started the prison project 40 years ago. And uh, so they're a group of what we call Savites, people who um, offer their service to take meditation programs into um, prisons all over the world. We have prisons all over the U.S., Canada, um, and Mexico. So I go once a month to Gunnison and... Um, not every month to Draper. There's another group that goes to Draper twice a month. And uh, there's a bunch of questions that are popping into my head in regards to that. First and foremost, when you do go into the facility, when you do go into the prisons and start to teach the meditation, are there a lot of um, prisoners that are open to it, that are wanting, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have to make the effort to come. Mm-hmm. They know that we're coming, and the program that we do at Gunnison is three and a half hours long because it takes two hours to get there and two hours to get back. So it's a big <laughs> commitment on our part. Uh-huh. Um, and the seekers that come, they're really awesome dudes. It's a, it's a men's prison at Gunnison. Yeah. And they're amazing beings. I learn so much from them every time I go. And, you know, we're, we're all kind of in a prison. If we stay in our mind, we're in a prison. But when you move to your heart, you know, you can go anywhere. Yeah. And so here they are physically in a prison. And they have found a way to escape the daily grind and the, the negative feelings that can happen in a prison. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Um, do you have guys that will come back each time oh yes we've had students who have been coming for you know five years six years that's super cool yeah so the prison project um is 10 years old in utah and if people wanted to find out more or get involved with that project what would be the best way for them to do so Ooh, it's kind of a i don't want to say a closed society but mm-hmm. you have to go through a training mm-hmm. you have to, first of all you, in order to be a volunteer at the prison you have to go through a volunteer training with the prison um in order to be able to go in there and everything like that yeah Yeah. background checks and all that stuff and then through city yoga then as a facilitator we all go to oakland or some people have gone to new york and you take a three-day training on just how to speak about city yoga Mm -hmm. and how to speak about the meditation that's way cool Mm -hmm. i know whenever i talk about people they oh i want to do that yeah like well you know it's a little bit of work yeah it is it's a big commitment too yeah well kudos to you i think that's a really neat thing thank you i think the whole concept and idea of being able to take some of the you know the practices surrounding meditation and helping those people and apply it and because like you said they're stuck right they're in that space where and it's loud and sometimes when they come to our class we'll Mm -hmm. call it a class when they come for meditation it's the only quiet time they get in the whole month so we try to have at least three meditation sessions we chant sometimes we have live musicians which is really fun my sons are both drummers and so if they can come they drum Mm -hmm. i have a friend that plays the harmonium and she has a beautiful voice so we chant and we meditate and we study and contemplate the teachings that's super cool yeah well thank you so much joni i really appreciate you taking the time yeah you're welcome thanks for having me yes (laughs) 
Well, our day has come to an end here at the Law of Attraction Summit. We've had a wonderful time getting the opportunity to chat with not just the presenters and the speakers and the people that are here volunteering and helping the event happen, but also some of the guests. Stephanie, my beautiful, wonderful wife, has been here all day long, along with me at the pot. Or <laughs> Steph's been here helping out all day long too, baby. Have you enjoyed, uh, it's our first time here, right? Yes. Have you enjoyed it? It's been amazing. It's been really, not just amazing, I think, but interesting, kind of the whole dynamic and the way that it's happened and worked. And we've had some really fun interviews. Um, I know you've listened in on a lot of the people that we've got to talk to. Who was your favorite? Oh, my favorites. Um, you know, I really liked, is it Dietrich? Yes. I really liked Dietrich. And yeah, Dietrich, hey. And then there was one that we talked to for a future podcast that's coming that I think is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, that was the other cool thing is we got to meet some new people <laughs> while we were here. Set up some interviews for the coming shows for the podcast, so that was a lot of fun. Of course, Christiana was wonderful and amazing. Yeah, it's such a cool event, you know. I think she does a beautiful thing, and it was, I don't know, I, I feel silly because I just repeat the same words over and over again. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, but it really is. And she does a great job. And for the listeners out there, if you've enjoyed this podcast and if you've enjoyed learning about it, obviously you've got everybody's contact information that shared it. Um, you can find out more. Essentially at the end of the day, it's not necessarily go and find these people that you want to work with. If that's the case, great. But it's more or less take some of these ideas and some of these concepts, like with any episode from the podcast. And if there's something that sparks your interest, really just allow it to expand and seek out more of that information, more of that insight. And in the end, I think that, I mean, that's the goal behind the podcast. We just want to inspire you in some way, shape or form. And whatever you're drawn to, typically that's where you should be at that current place in time. Would you agree, babe? I agree completely. It's catching your attention. It's for a reason. Listen to it, follow it, see where it goes. Yes. So in closing, sweetheart, taking the concepts and the ideas behind the law of attraction, uh, manifestation, and all of those wonderful, beautiful things, tell somebody out there who may not understand or who may be questioning or who may be wondering in some way, shape, or form as a big, loud table goes rolling by. <laughs> What would be one key way that somebody could be incorporating a law of attraction in their daily life? One key way. To at least start the process. Well, our minds are always going. We're always running and there's so much of the possibilities and the, I guess, the what ifs that are going through the mind and preparing for events. So we are naturally inclined to manifest and create. So instead of all the what ifs, turn it into what if. So our brains are already working. Just find that one thing and try and visualize that. It can be something as simple as finding, thinking about butterflies. I don't know. Thinking about something happy, finding happiness in yourself, visualizing if you really need a car, just going with that, whether you need to raise abundance, you want to take that chance to step out of maybe your current employment into a new venture in life instead of focusing so hard on all the things that could go wrong and how risky and how scary just put all of your intention into the what if the possibility and what would the outcome be let everything else fall away don't role play on all of the reasons why you won't allow yourself to step out just allow yourself in that moment just to focus on the what if and let it go at that beautiful Good, good stuff. Thank you, baby, for sharing. Thank you. 
And everybody, hopefully you enjoyed this wonderful episode. I know you did. I always say I hope you enjoyed this episode. And hopefully you do enjoy these episodes. And this was a fun episode to record. So now take all this information, all this insight, all this inspiration and go out and have a beautiful, wonderful day and look for ways to embrace the law of attraction in your every single day of your life. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a beautiful day. It's about changing your energy because everything is energy, energy is everything. There's so many beautiful gifts that are unfolding in each moment, no matter what moment it is in, even in the most horrific moment. Surround yourself with the kind of things that keep you in a high vibration.